Welcome to Dress and Keep. I'm your host, Annan Kessler, joined by my wife, Sarah. Say hi. Hi. And uh, what are we going to be talking about today? We are going to be talking about our cleaning systems, meal planning, and batch cooking, briefly, and our kids' responsibilities in the cleaning and home management department. In that department. And so why why are we going to be talking about the, these things? Why, why are they important? They are important because we do not compartmentalize our worship and everything we do, we do to the glory of God. And so having a tidy and well-ordered home is an act of worship towards mm-hmm. God. I believe it shows gratitude for what we've been given. It's good mm-hmm. stewardship. And it, um, yeah, that's all I got. Okay. I have a question for you. Oh, no. So if you're going to look at the home mm-hmm. and you're going to say that the home needs to be well-ordered and well-kept, mm-hmm. um, what is the biggest challenge in keeping a well-ordered home? What do you find the most difficult across the whole thing? <laughs> What's the most difficult aspect of keeping a well-ordered home? Ooh. Well, I think part of that can be the people in the house and just getting everybody on board with, you know, keeping the space tidy and keeping up with kind of the flow of things and the habits that we have. Um, So you're saying um, getting your children to understand or have the same expectation that you have. Yeah. Right. There's that. Uh, For for the home, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, just making sure that you are in balance so you're not being neglectful, which we'll talk about, and you're also not being like OCD, I can't even let life happen in my house Mm -hmm. type of attitude, if that makes sense. Right. I have a question for you. Mm Mm-hmm. What is your least favorite chore? Uh, my least favorite chore. Um, well, first off, I don't have chores. I just have responsibilities because I'm not a child. My children have <laughs> chore chores, <chart. laughs> and they have chore charts. Um, I do not have a chore chart. Uh, that's no. not what we're talking about. Don't give your husband or your wife chore charts. Well, sometimes it could be helpful. But anyways, go uh, on. I, I What's disagree. your least favorite chore, sir? No chore. No chore. Okay. Chores. What is your least favorite activity to my, do around the house? My least favorite um, activity in regards to this would probably be it. It's a. It's either landscaping, so like outside doing that stuff, and or you say, plumbing. "Well, that's weird," or or dishes. I don't oh. like dishes. Um, I'd rather do laundry than dishes. Wow. Okay. But, Noted. <laughs> but I don't, and that's not, you know, going, well, that's weird. Isn't like going outside and cutting the grass. That's not what I'm talking about. Cutting the grass is fine. Um, I probably, I just don't cut it as fast or as soon as you would like. Um, but we're talking about like landscaping, like 
flower beds and planting stuff and weeding weeding and all that i'm like no i don't, I don't think i've don't. ever seen you pull a weed <laughs> in our whole entire marriage i've never seen you pull a weed no because i go to home depot and buy the weed burner and we burn them yeah that's true the torch it's, that thing is fun the weed better. torch i feel yeah. like it's a flamethrower <clears throat> i feel like a world war ii vet like lighting that thing up getting yeah. some Getting rid of some weeds. If it's in a the job, rocks. if it's a job I really hate doing, I'll find the easiest way to do it, and that's a weed burner. Mm. So, work smarter, not harder. Right. Well. Anyway. All right. Let's so jump as, into it. As we work into this episode, you know, I just want to give you know the principle behind this, the principle, and then we'll get into the the practice or the more practical aspects of it. Right. The practice would be, you know, how do you hold to that principle, and uh, don't you know, skip this part. I know a lot of people just want to know my cleaning systems, which aren't very exciting. I'm just going to tell you so you're not disappointed. Right. But listen to the principles of it because these principles and maybe just the heart behind maintaining a home can speak to you no matter how you do that, no matter what method you use. So don't fast forward. Yeah. So the, prin- the principles are going to give you something to aim at. Mm-hmm. They're going to give you the, the purpose behind it, right? Um, if you don't have them, then you're kind. Of, that's great. You you're you're keeping a well ordered and tidy home, but why? Yeah. Right. Why? Um, so the principle is gonna is gonna give you the why, right? And so I would say that Christians should be the best at what they do, and that's not condescending or or boastful. Um, uh, w- what I'm saying is that. Christians ought to be the best at what they do because of the motivation that they have. They're properly motivated because their motivation isn't money, you know, fame, self-interest. At least it shouldn't be. Ultimately, Christians are motivated by their love for God. That's their, you know, chief motivation. If your motivation is honoring God with your life because you love him, I then ask what activities would you then place outside of your love for God. Mm-hmm. What activities would you place outside of response or responding to your love for God? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Or 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, We destroy every argument and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And I'm really focusing in on taking every thought captive because, you know, that that leaves no room for anything to be really outside of your response or outside of your love for God. Even your thoughts, you need to take captive. Even cleaning the toilet, you do it to the glory right. of God. So, you know, that's what we're getting at here. This is a, this is a um, you know, a how do I explain it? A full principle, a, a pregnant principle. It's a it's holistic. A holistic. It's like everything principle, is right. One. Right. We don't want to put anything outside of it to say that that's like we always talk about that you can't place something outside of this and say, oh, well, that's neutral. No, you want to you want to reclaim it or capture it and say, no, this is this can be a God honoring thing. This can be to the glory of God, right? And so, you know, in short, there's nothing that we can place outside of our love for God. We, even our thoughts, we want to take captive to obey Christ. So then later on in 1 Corinthians, uh, Paul also says that we serve a God of order, 
not confusion. And Paul is speaking toward the order of the corporate worship service. However, when you when you come together as a corporate body, as a church, it's seen as a household, a large household, or better yet, it's a household of households. And so our worship is our response to our love for God. And worship is not something that is only done in the church gathering. It's done every day in every Christian home around the world. Because I said earlier, no activities are outside of your love for God. And we want everything we do from top to bottom, from roof to foundation, to say one thing, and that's Christ is Lord. And there is no better place to express this than in the walls of your own home, in the well-tended garden of your home. And if you're tending your garden well, then it's going to bring more fruit, mm-hmm. right? It's going to bring more yield. Mr. Non-Weed Puller. Mr. Non-Weed Puller. <laughs> but I go in there, I'll burn them anytime you want. Yep. <laughs> um, so, you know, as we take Paul's direction to, to bring orderly worship, what, what does that worship look like if it's in the home? in the well-ordered home. And the title of this episode is Made to Order, because that's what we're made to do. We're made to order the world around us for the worship of God, and we're bringing that worship to Him. And so that that's a long way, I guess, of saying Christians need to have a well-ordered home. Um, one way to accomplish this, and now we're transitioning to in, into, the, into the practice, right? So that's the principle. That's what we're aiming at. Oh, I and got now, a little more principle to talk about. Uh, we can, we can, but and and then I'm just saying this is this is the practice, right? W- one way to accomplish this in the home is having home systems, mm-hmm. right? So, go ahead. Yeah. So when it comes to ordering the home through systems or habits, and we'll talk a little bit about that system, habits, discipline. Uh, It's important to keep in mind that it doesn't mean perfect. It doesn't mean showroom, not lived in, Pinterest worthy. Uh, It means just being intentional about caring for your house. Mm -hmm. And kind of like what I said before we really dived into things is when we care for our belongings, we are showing gratitude for what God has given us. And so it doesn't matter if you're in your dream home, if you are in a college dorm, a travel trailer, or if you are still living in a bedroom at your parents' house, you can show gratitude for the roof that's over your head by caring for it. It doesn't even mean like having the newest and best things. Old things that may be outdated can look beautiful when they're just cared for. And like, just, I don't know, an example is Gan and I, we both own older vehicles Mm -hmm. and they look a lot better when they're cleaned. Like they look new and nice when they're cleaned and cared for and not a total trash can inside, which they are a trash can right now. Just being honest. Mm. That's something we got to do. <laughs> That's like on my nesting list to clean, deep clean the vehicles before the baby shows up. Yep. But as a homemaker who has children, I have to have some type of system in place or else I'm just going to get overran and overwhelmed. And so I know it sounds crazy, but I have systems for toys. I have systems for clothing. I have a cleaning schedule kind of, um, and they're actually really simple. Uh, I know a lot of women will get on YouTube and try to find 
cleaning inspiration. They look to like the fly lady clean fly lady cleaning app. And I have felt that those are very overwhelming. And so I have a very simple cleaning system and the purpose of the systems is so you do less time cleaning and more of what you enjoy. And so because I have these things in place, I can pour more time into my, my kids, my DIY projects that I enjoy serving my church. And also when you kind of have like this wheel that's spinning and moving when the unexpected happens, like if I have a surprise guest, if sickness hits our household or if someone like needs mine against help and we have to just drop things and go, then we have the freedom to do that. We're not tied down to what's going on at our house. Yeah. And to a large extent, right? Like we, we couldn't, I mean, we, we, you know, we have a large house. We have, um, almost five kids. Uh, yep. I work full time. Um, you know, we do, we're pretty involved with the church and, you know, doing things like that. And obviously we do this podcast. We would never be able to do this podcast if we didn't, to some extent, have an ordered home or to have home systems in place to um, allow us or give us the time to do this. It just wouldn't, it just wouldn't be able to work. We'd still be cleaning right now. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, and, and that's not to say that we're not talking about you know, I'm going off on a tangent here, but we're not advocating for some type of like misguided prosperity here. We're not, we're not advocating for, you know, living your best life now through home systems. So you can have more time to, you know, sit and, you know, sip wine and watch your favorite TV show. That's not, that's not what we're, what we're saying here. We, we, we are saying that everything that you have in your life everything you have in your home, it says something. And we are advocating for it to say that Christ is Lord, everything. And we don't want you to put anything outside of it. That is what we're advocating for. And we're particularly advocating for that in the walls of your home. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I didn't mean to um, throw you off there, but uh, did you have anything else to add? Um, you know, and to a lot of it is trial and error. Like I'm going to tell you guys what I do, but it may not work for you at all. You may have no kids. You may, you know, be living in a different type of house. And so I know that I get inspiration from hearing what other people do. And I kind of pick up little tips and tricks here and there. And so don't feel like you have to do it like me. And yeah, a lot of this is just for fun. Yeah. So do you have anything else? No, I just, I just will say, you know, like Christian prosperity, uh, does not mean that you have a perfect household and perfect systems and, uh, perfect habits and all these things. Uh, Christian prosperity means that you are um, overcoming sin in your life and you're overcoming a a lie of neutrality that thinks that you can place something outside of your love for God. And so if if you if you wanna if you want to hold on to what is prosperous, well, a well tended garden is what is prosperous. 
um, because it brings forth fruit and order brings forth fruit. And so that's what we're here uh, to talk about. And, you know, it, it's really simple, right? But I think, I think Christians just miss it. And they miss it because they compartmentalize their worship, right? Or at worst, one of those compartments is that neutral compartment. And we're advocating for a home that is ordered not just in gender roles, aka the father is the spiritual leader in the home and the wife, you know, is the help meet. But we are saying um, literally ordered also from, like I said earlier, from roof to foundation, the tangible things ought to be ordered for the worship of Christ. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to do this not because we're trying to keep up with the Joneses. We're not trying to keep up with anybody and have, you know, the nicest things or the prettiest things, you know, even though nice things are good and pretty things are a lot of times good. Um, we, we're saying, you know, you need to order your home well because the results of order, like I said, is fruit and because a well-ordered home is, is worship. And so um, that's, that's the principle. And then we're just going to take it from here. So go ahead. All right. Um, and yeah, I think the key word is intentionality. Yeah, intentionality. Intentionality. The home system is literally just a way of doing a certain task with some sort of intentionality. And so, like I said, I'm going to share what I do. And guess what? You don't have to, you don't have to do it like me. Uh, and I hope I can just give some inspiration. And I know like whenever I share kind of some of my daily habits and my cleaning on Instagram stories, people actually really like it. And so I thought it would be fun to put it in this podcast. And also, I think there's another point that kind of comes to mind, and it's that idea of balance. I think there are two ditches that people can fall into. And I'm talking about extremes. So, I mean, you're probably not this or that, but for the sake of, I don't know, saying something, I'm just going to speak in extremes. But I would say the first ditch is like total neglect. And this would be allowing things to completely go in your house and you're living in just like dysfunction and filth. And as Christians, we can't allow things to get that way. I'm not saying your home has to look like a doctor's office, but I've seen this trend on TikTok where people post their air quote real messes. And to me, it's like, it's total neglect. There's garbage, there's dirty diapers laying around. You can't see the floor. Laundry is just stacked up for days. It's just gross to be honest. And I think of our last house that we purchased, we bought it as an investment. It was a fixer upper and the owners rented it out and the renter just destroyed it. They let mm -hmm. their cats use the entire place as a litter box. I've probably lost five years of my life expectancy because I was ripping up flooring, just like drenched in cat urine. And to be blunt, no Christian should live like that. And like, this wasn't just a case of having an animal accident, like literally the wallpaper and the flooring was all soaked. And this is an extreme. Okay. Um, so like extreme number one, neglect, not caring for the things that you have, um, and you know, really being slothful and lazy. 
Okay. Another pitfall, which I think is much more common, and this is probably more me when I really look at myself, is what I like to call plastic couch granny. And this is like, you know, the quintessential like older person, they buy a new couch and as a means to preserve it, they cover it in plastic. And like, what's the purpose of a couch? It's supposed to be comfortable. It's for lounging. People even take naps on their couches. People sleep on a couch. And when you put plastic on it, you can't, it defeats the purpose. It's not comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so essentially the couch is more important than the people in the home. You've put an object that will eventually burn or end up in a landfill over immortal souls who will live forever. And so what I'm trying to say here is that homes are meant to get messed up. They're meant to be lived in. They're meant to get cleaned up again. And we can't be so uptight that we don't allow for hospitality for the people who live in our home and for the people that we invite over. And we can't be so uptight that life isn't allowed to happen in our homes. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet at the same time, don't be neglectful. Don't intentionally destroy the things in your home. Treat them nice and don't let it fall apart. What are your thoughts on that? Neglect versus plastic couch granny. Um, yeah, I, I think on one side, right? Like the intention behind the preservation Like initially you're going to think, oh, well, that's a good idea. Like we want to keep these things nice. Like we want to, you know, we don't want to neglect them. We want to try to preserve them. But your, your preservation should not, uh, should not overcome your growth, if you will. Um, And so if you're just simply trying to preserve the things that you have, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's promoting new growth right? Or that it's promoting growth. And so, uh, you know, like, like the example you gave was, you know, plastic over, over a couch, right? Um, but if you, if you take that out a little bit further, that, that means that you have, you know, somebody who's really overly uptight about their belongings yeah, and they don't, and they don't want people to enjoy them and to, um, you know, what kind of, you have to ask her, what kind of atmosphere does that cultivate? What does, what does that say about that person? What does that say about what they're aiming at? You know? Um, and so that's, you know, where I would take that conversation versus the person who is, um, being hospitable. They're more concerned about being hospitable than preserving. Mm -hmm. Right. And so they want you to come in and treat their stuff nice, but they're more concerned about the relationship between you and them. And they're more concerned about you being able to sit on their couch yeah. Um, you know, it's in some sense, it's an, it is an honor for them to come into your home and, and enjoy the culture that you have in your home. Right. Um, and the things that you're already doing in your home and you're just bringing them into that space, bringing them into that. Because like we said, your home says that Christ is King and Christ is Lord. And this home is full of love for God and worship. And you bring that person into that. Yeah. That kind of person doesn't, you know, I'm not demonizing people who put plastic on their couches. I'm just saying that that kind of person isn't overly concerned 
about the preservation of the, like you said, the things that are going to burn. Yeah. So. Well, and I think on the other end of it too, somebody who's completely neglectful, their house is also inhospitable. If it's not a safe, clean environment for people to come into and there's just like this stress and chaos of, you know, gross stuff everywhere, that is also not being hospitable and not thinking of others. And so I think like both of these pitfalls make your home inhospitable. Yeah. And like I said, hospitality is not for visitors. It's also for the people already in your home. Mm -hmm. You want to practice hospitality with your spouse and your children. Yeah. Hospitality isn't something that you put on. Mm -hmm. It's just something that you, that you continually practice. You know, you don't put on hospitality because somebody's coming over. You're just hospitable. Yeah. You know, um, another thing I'll say, just kind of going back to the principle here of, you know, ditches, right? You have ditches on either side of the road and we're saying you want to stay on the road because, because, um, order and balance aren't opposed. No. Right. So (laughs) if you think about the way that the world works, the way that God created the world, there is balance built into the design, You, you know? And so the, how do you, how do you glorify God down to the most, you know, fundamental level? Well, you do what you're designed to do. And if God designed balance in the world, then, then balance wouldn't be, you know, opposed to order. It would actually be complementing order. And so you want to take both of those things and say, okay, I can glorify God if I order my home well, but I do it in a balanced way. Yeah, that's good. So now let's get into the nitty gritty. Um, so I'm going to just kind of start with my cleaning systems, but I have to almost take it back a step because a lot of my cleaning habits are having less things. Uh, a lot of people would call that minimalism. Mm-hmm. And so to prevent me from having to use a bunch of apps and charts and these intricate schedules, I practice minimalism. And I know and minimalism it's, is not a religious thing. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, nope, not related to the scripture. But, and I don't even really like to call myself a minimalist, but basically, and people, most people know what minimalism is, but the idea behind it is not owning things that don't get used things that don't make you happy and things that are excessive. And so, so, yeah, I would coin a term here that what you are is not minimalist. You're an intentionalist. Yes. So it's it's not minimalism. It's intentionalism. Yeah. Right. And so if you are someone who feels like you are just spending so much time organizing and constantly putting things away and there's not a place for things in your house Uh, it may mean that you have way too many items that you can handle. And the same kind of goes for kids. People probably wonder how do you manage that with kids? If my kids have too many toys for them to maintain, they're not respecting the things they have. They're not treating them nicely. Uh, they don't care about their stuff. Then it's time to go through things. Mm And there's so many resources on minimalism. Nothing is identical. You're going to look up minimalism and there's going to be people who have like no furniture. 
Yeah, yeah. they're like, their living room has like a chair, a couch, and a rock. Yeah. And like, that's it. Yeah. And so like, we still have a lot of stuffed animals. I swear kids just like come out of the womb with like 50 stuffed animals yeah. with them. Yeah. The, have- the, the thing about, I'll just say this one. <laughs> the thing about mi- most um, minimalists, as far as I can tell, um, it, it gets down to so minimalistic that it becomes cold. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're, if you are being so, uh, strict and stringent on, you know, on that side of it and you're falling into that ditch, then your house becomes like a sterile doctor's office, you know? Yeah. And it's not, um, warm and inviting. It's, you know, cold and bare. And yeah. <laughs> that's not what we're going for. Either. Right. And, and so again, attentionality, what does that say? What's the intention behind the way that I, you know? order my home and even decorate it and all these things, you know, this is what we're, you know, this is what we're talking about. So. Yeah. And so like, you have to ask yourself, do you need 10 spatulas? Do your kids need 50 Barbies? Do you Mm -hmm. need all those small appliances that you haven't used in years? And so having less items to deal with that it frees you up and also your house is going to be easier to clean and it's going to appear cleaner when you don't have stuff everywhere. And so now, you know, people are probably like, great, I'm going to have to start decluttering. Um, what I would do is if you are like, I do have too many items is just get on YouTube and type in how to begin decluttering. You know, there's, there's so much information online and, that will kind of get you started in that. Yeah. So like you're saying that, you know, first step is get your belongings and your stuff in order. Well, to a manageable, you know, amount. Yeah. You can't order it if it's just an unmanageable amount. How can you organize it, organize it if it's literally too much for you to organize too much for you to, you know, systematize, right. Or whatever you want to say. Right. So start by, you know, what you're saying declutter. Um, and then, you know, just another thing that I would say is that, you know, if, if we have this minimalistic approach or this, as, as I said earlier, this more of an idealistic approach, what happens is, is that anything that doesn't achieve that intentionality, we're going to throw it out. We're going to try to donated or we take it to the dump. Right. Normally what that means is I have, you know, constant continual dump runs, to be honest. Yeah. It is a process. Like it's not like you just reduce the items in your house and you're good. It's like constant intentionality of, okay, like it's time to go through things. Things are kind of piling up. Let's figure out what we're using right now, what we're not. Yeah. That, I mean that honestly, I could say I'd probably go to the dump at least once a month and just getting rid of things or we go to donate at least once a month, you know, um, just things that are unused, things that don't have any intention with them, you know, um, they're just, they're, they're literally not being used. And so, um, the more stuff that we, that we have, the more traps I would say are laid out <laughs> for dad in the early morning hours, right? Cause I get up the for traps. work. Well, yeah, I mean, I get up. Because if you have tons of stuff, it's too much for you to clean. You can't always pick it up at night and put it away. You know, you yeah. Have, you so it's there's always something out, right? And so I'm I get up at four thirty in the morning, and I'm on my you know I get dressed, you know, do my normal quick routine in the morning, and I'm on my way downstairs, and I step on whatever 
is in the hallway or, you know, just outside my bedroom or outside the girl's room. And, and <laughs> you, the worst thing, the worst thing to step on is the little Barbie tiaras. Oh yeah. Those really crunch up. Well, <laughs> because uh, Barbie's tiara cannot be blunt. It has to be the sharpest tiara that you've ever seen. And so you step on one of those, it's worse. It's way worse than a Lego. And so if there is opportunity for me to get rid of those tiaras, I'm going to, you know, chuck those things out. But anyway, you know, my point is if you have too many, too much stuff, you need to start by decluttering. That's probably going to mean that you're going to make way more dump runs and way more runs to, to make donations than you are, you know, than you're used to. And it'll give you an opportunity to get rid of those tiaras as well. So, the worst is the plastic hair clips mm. when those are on the floor because they have like the metal spring inside of them. So you get like the crunch of the plastic and then stabbed by a metal spring. It's mm. really great. Um, and so again, like I know maybe someone's listening to this and they're like, darn it. I don't even know where to start. Right. Uh, you might have to spend a month decluttering. And so, you know, that's, not very encouraging, but I promise you that you won't regret simplifying your life, being intentional with the things that you do own and getting rid of stuff. And like, I have a hard time saying no to free things. So we end up with a lot of things that we get for free from like job sites or, um, just random little kid items. And so I am constantly in a state of like decluttering and going through things. I mean, that's a good Another good aspect, right? Like not just the stuff that's already in your home, but how do you decide what comes into your home? You know, my advice uh, for those, you know, wives or women that are listening or even husbands, but um, men that are listening is be picky, right? If, if, if you're, uh, if you're trying to order your home and you're trying to be intentional, if that's the goal, then be intentional with before it even gets into your house. Yeah. Right. Don't, you know, just because it's free doesn't mean that you should have it. Doesn't mean that you, it should come into your home. Doesn't mean that you should stop the car because there's something free on the side <laughs> of the road and put it in the car. I'm so bad about that with furniture. I love my furniture projects. But okay. So uh, moving on to kind of now. So we have a house that is decluttered. There's not tons of stuff everywhere. So now, and guys, I hate to really disappoint you, but I don't have this amazing schedule where everything's planned out. Basically I do a once a week deep clean and I call it my house blessing day. This is usually Monday, but I might change it to Friday uh, because then it's like before the weekend. I don't know. But basically on house blessing day, I do all the bathrooms the kids' rooms, the flooring, I dust, mop, vacuum, I clean toilets, I clean showers, bathtubs. That is the day I do all laundry. And I'll do like a load of laundry here or there throughout the week, but I really try to dedicate my time and my focus to getting every article of clothing, except for the ones we're literally wearing, put away and clean. And yes, I know every single cleaning system that you look up will say, do one load of laundry every single day. And I don't, it just doesn't work for me. And so the kids help me out 
throughout the day in this. They know that it's house blessing day. It's just a fun thing that we call it. And our house is 2,300 square feet. And it takes me maybe two hours to get done if I'm not interrupted. The laundry is kind of an all day thing because each cycle takes like an hour and a half. Um, but I fold them and I put away each load, try to, (laughs) and the kids help and that's it. And so once a week, I know that my showers, my bathrooms, my toilets, those really important things that get pretty gross, they are getting clean every week. And you know, that's with the exception, like if there's a really bad mess, then obviously I deal with it during the week. Um, but also when it comes to like more, I guess, specialty cleaning items that I wouldn't do weekly, like if the microwave is really bad, I'm like, all right, I just need to clean the microwave today. Or if the oven needs a deep clean, I notice it and go, okay, like I'm going to add that in today. If my couches that are slip covered are looking rough, I throw those in the wash. I don't have a list. I don't stress. There isn't like anxiety. I don't feel rushed. And I always keep in mind that a home is made to be used. It's meant to get messed up and then cleaned. Yeah. So I have a question. Okay. What's the question? So, um, what would be, uh, I guess give an example of the cleaning products that you would use for a particular area of the home. That's a good question. Um, I keep my cleaning products very simple and I really hate to disappoint a lot of women, but even though I do like have home births and I guess maybe someone would label me as crunchy. I am not (laughs) crunchy with my cleaning supplies. You will have to pry the bleach out of my cold dead hands. And so cleaning products can be very expensive And I know this sounds crazy, but I actually, I mop my floor with very hot water and like a teaspoon of Tide. And it is the best floor cleaner. Mm -hmm. I use Comet in my toilets, in on my countertops, my sinks and my showers. So would you say is the mopping with Tide your favorite cleaning hack or is it something? Oh, I love that. Yes. Mopping with a little bit of Tide because it doesn't leave a film or stickiness. Mm -hmm. And I don't like perfumes. Tide does have a perfume to it, but if you use just a little teaspoon in the water, it's not bad. And so, yeah, I literally own Comet, Windex, Tide, and Bleach. And that's it. And I have a spin mop. So it's like that O-Cedar spin mop and I just use very hot water. I have rags. We aren't sponsored by any of these, by the way. It's so simple. (laughs) Like I don't use anything crazy. I think my most like high tech cleaning thing is probably my cordless Dyson, which I love. It is kind of an investment, but not having to deal with a vacuum and a cord is really nice. Well, and, and the best thing about it, is if you have stairs, it doesn't weigh like a thousand pounds. Exactly. Like for me, we used to have the most coveted vacuum of all. Yeah, vacuums. we had a Kirby. They yeah, got a, me. Had, it's embarrassing. Yeah, we had because we're talking about cleaning stuff, right? So I, you know, I have my little spiel. I was. Um, oh, this is so embarrassing. I was. Uh, no, we're telling. I'm. I was asleep, dead asleep. I don't know. I think I worked like a twenty-four hour shift. Um, You're still in the military. I was still in the military. I was on twenty-four hour. Um, 
where you like have to go sit CQ. at the desk. CQ. Yeah, see, you remember. And uh, I was dead, dead asleep. You come home after that and you're just, you're out, you know, real good sleep. And she comes up and asks some question. I don't even know like what the words were. I just remember like saying yes to get her to go away. <laughs> and then I woke up and I had a vacuum. Dude, the guy a brand sold new me. one, a he Kirby did, like, vacuum. He did the demo, and he was like, "Look at all these dead skin cells <laughs> that I just vacuumed out of your couch." Yeah, and I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, and he was so okay. I was young and naive. I was like twenty years old. Okay, yeah. yeah. You know what? I'm just saying. <sighs> I, look, so my point. No, is, I know it's funny. My it's point funny. is is that you know the the Kirby is an investment, but the Dyson is cheaper and. It's lighter. Yeah, we're way just, lighter. This so. is a sore subject. Okay? So anyway, no. Go, um, go ahead. So anyways, one day per week of a deep clean that does the job and making sure we don't own too much stuff. If you're still with me, so now I kind of want to talk about daily habits or daily disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to say, like, if something's a habit it kind of assumes that it's just this automatic thing that doesn't require discipline. So I'd actually rather call it a discipline that I have to motivate myself to do. And so if you watch my Instagram stories, I, I always put my house to bed, which simply means just tidying up before we go to bed. And this is mostly just the downstairs. I don't really worry that much about the upstairs, like the kids rooms and stuff, but, um, this is full family involvement. Every night, Gannon will put the babies to bed usually, um, usually Melody, because she has this intricate bedtime routine. And uh, the two older girls help me pick up. And so we put all the toys away. The kitchen is cleaned. I start the dishwasher. We quickly vacuum the downstairs. We wipe off counters and tabletops. And... This is something I strive to do every single night and it doesn't always happen. And I kind of have this joke on Instagram. I'll put a poll up and I'll say, did you put your house to bed or are you a heathen? And sometimes I worry. I'm like, do people think that I might like actually think they're a heathen? But, um, this is such a major hack. Uh, waking up to a huge mess in the morning is not fun, but when you wake up to a clean slate, and it's morning, it's just like, it makes the day so new. And so when I wake up, I can unload my dishwasher. I can, I drink my coffee. I make uh, breakfast for the kids. And if you are someone who has a job or you need to get kids out the door for school, um, it just makes you that much more efficient. And so as far as the kids go in the morning, when they get up, we do what we call morning chores. This is just basic hygiene, like get dressed, make your bed, brush your teeth, brush your hair. And, um, and yeah. And so another kind of habit that we have is cleaning as we go. And so when it comes to kids, if they are playing with Barbies and they want to ditch the Barbies and go do Legos, they have to pick up their Barbies Mm -hmm. before they move to the next task. And I'm trying to get this set up at, sorry, our new house. Um, But what I used to have were bins of toys that were up high and the kids required me to get them down. 
And so there, that discipline was put in place when they were young of, you know, Hey, mom is not going to take down this different box of toys until you clean up the Barbies or the dolls or whatever. Mm-hmm. Got to clean up the previous, you know, box or container of toys before you can get the next one. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm kind of trying to do that now. And this kind of prevented the kids from just dumping out every single box of toys that they own. And then everything's yeah. unsorted. It's a mess. And then you're sorting things, which is very annoying. Um, and so, yeah. And then I just try to explain to the kids, Hey, you know, you have to be accountable for your things. It's not polite to just leave messes everywhere for mom. And so I need your help and I need you to pick up after yourself, but I have a seven and an eight year old. So I don't, and I have a two year old and a baby. And so, you know, they don't understand, but the seven and the eight year old do, and they respect that. And they try to keep things tidy. Yeah, I think I think this is a particular habit that you just, you know, or discipline, as you said, that you have to practice or instill very early on, especially if you have a larger family. And the, the general rule of picking up as you play, right, just, just having that instilled or, you know, into the practice of the home, right, everybody knows that and assumes that. And so, you know, what that means is that, like you're saying, you you got to pick up the Barbies before you go and play with the Legos, right? Or you have to pick up that container, um, you know, whatever was in that container first before you can go to the next container or the next box, right? Um, And this really helps, I think, with the uh, time uh, at the end of the day when you're putting the house to bed. If the kids are cleaning as they go, if they're only allowed to make one mess at a time, then the time that it takes to put the house to bed is less. And largely the reason why I said earlier that we're able to do this podcast is because some of these systems, you know, they, they do work for us and they do create more time at the end of the night for things like, you know, podcasts or just, you know, hanging out. Hanging out. out. Yeah. So, and so all these small disciplines that you do during the day are going to add up and they're going to make things a lot easier for you. Mm -hmm. And so I have set routines for the morning I have a routine kind of for the evening. Um, and you know, there are days where things do pile up. We will be heavy into like a home project and, or we have people over for hospitality and I'm not cleaning up when we have hospitality, I'm going to enjoy the people. And then once they leave, we do our big cleanup. And so one thing I also do is when like, we have a whole house mess is I go from one room. I fully clean the one room before I go to a next, go to the next room. It's like, you know, the saying, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And so, um, that's just kind of another system. Then I don't have like five rooms that are half cleaned. Right. And it just helps me in my ADD brain compartmentalize each space and get it done more efficiently. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's just something that helped you particularly. It was just starting from the top of the house and working your way out, you know, start in the, you know, our master bathroom, if you will, and just work your way out toward essentially the front door. 
Yeah. And that's how I do my, my two hour once a week deep clean. I literally start in our master bathroom Mm -hmm. and work my way out. Right. Um, and so I think maybe we'll have to do another episode for like kind of the meal planning and the cooking side of things. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to briefly touch on kids responsibilities Um, and like I said, we, this might change in the future, but we don't have chore charts. We don't have these intricate list or check, you know, a checklist for our kids. And we're in a phase of life where our kids are just doing whatever we are doing and we invite them into participate. And so if I'm doing 10 loads of laundry, my girls participate in that with me. If I am out weeding the gardens and Gannon is not just kidding, <laughs> he's probably working on something else. Building I, the planter boxes. Yeah. Building the planter boxes. <laughs> I invite the girls to come weed with me, Yeah, you know? And so I think it's kind of like a, almost a leadership tactic or skill to show my kids, Hey, There's nothing that I'm going to make you do that I am also not willing to do alongside of you. Right. And that's just how it works. I mean, our kids do have their like hygienic responsibilities um, that they obviously do on their own. If I'm, you know, brushing my teeth, they're not brushing their teeth with me necessarily. Right. But we just invite them in to do what we're doing. And Mm -hmm. even Melody will participate in certain things. She loves to help. And so I know it can be very annoying and you don't want to slow down on what you're the task that you're in. You just kind of want to get it done and you don't want a kid's help, but little kids are at an age where they have this desire to help. Yeah. And I feel like my theory, but I don't, I haven't lived this out yet. My theory is that if you invite them in and you cultivate that desire for them to help and you make it a positive thing that hopefully when they're teenagers, they will still want to help and that they will enjoy work. Yeah. There's a, I think there's a, yeah, there's a transition, right? So in the early, uh, in the early ages of, of, you know, the kids lives in the home, uh, you should be. Um, exemplifying by way of action. And so you're showing them, right? Hey, this is how you weed. So they have to be there weeding with you. This is how you fold the laundry because they have to be there folding laundry with you because you're showing them. And you're also being the example by showing them. And then as they get older, that'll be the case for, well, that'll be the case for, you know, the earlier years for a while. And then as they get older, then you can transfer into, you know, something maybe like a chore chart right? Or a list of things or a list of responsibilities that they can do because now it's, okay, we've shown you, now you go do it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, And so it's, there's that transition, uh, the natural transition in the home where that's taking place from you being an example and working side by side with them to, okay, now you need to be able to learn how to do it on your own because eventually you're going to have to do it on your own. And so that naturally, I think, takes place in the home. So maybe that's, you know, just the reason why we aren't at the phase of uh, chore charts quite yet. So, yeah. And like, there's such a, um, I guess like a positive, uh, I don't know, self confidence when your kid can do a task. Mm -hmm. My girls recently are able to fully make pancakes on their own. They know what page to flip to in the recipe book. 
they measure things out and they make the pancakes and they fight over who gets to make them. And there's just this confidence in doing a task. Yeah. Next is coffee. Can't wait. Oh yeah. We got to <laughs> teach them how to make our coffee. Even like cleaning the toilets. Yeah. Like they will fight over who gets to clean the toilet. And I'm like, girls, like whatever you right. want to clean a toilet, let's do it. Yeah. And so, um, and yeah, part of that too is why they're not independently doing chores <clears throat> is because they need to learn how to alongside of me. They're like my apprentice Yep. They're not the foreman yet. Yep. Um, but yeah, that's well, journeyman, a journeyman. Yeah. yeah journeyman. I'm the foreman. <laughs> They're the apprentice right. soon to be a journeyman. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's, you know, I feel like this might be disappointing to some. I think people expect this very intricate, well-planned out cleaning system. Um, and for me, this is what works. It's very simple. I'm, not spending all day, every day cleaning because I have these disciplines and I have these systems in place. Yeah. It's, it's saying that mom is disciplined in these things and dad is disciplined in these things. Now come participate and, and join us in these disciplines that we are practicing. Right. And then through that, they also are growing the same discipline that you have. Right. So that now you have that habit or that discipline and then they do. Right. Yeah. And also to take it back to the balance, my kids see that cleaning is not like my entire world. It doesn't dominate my life. I get to enjoy things and enjoy people and I'm not weighed down by my responsibilities. And so. Yeah, I think, um, you know, just maybe to put a bow on this and, and, uh, close the episode out. I just, you know, this is something that we as a family, you know, care a lot about, like what our house says, what our house communicates, you know? Um, and we just want to be encouraging and, um, uplifting to say that, you know, don't, don't allow the lie to creep in that any part of your home is neutral or, or any part of your home is um, not under your love for Christ or isn't part of your love for Christ, right? Like as we read at the beginning, every thought captive, every action, right? Everything that you do is to glorify God um, and enjoy him forever. And so that's kind of the heart behind this episode to, you know, um, to encourage you guys to order your home well and to, you know, by doing that, by exemplifying that for your children, you're showing them the way that they should go and uh, they'll never depart from it. So got anything else to add? No, I hope that it just gives, you know, some of the ladies out there, some ideas and encouragement. And I hope that, uh, you know, it gives more of a reasonable approach to cleaning because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of the content out there just isn't reasonable and, I know it's stressed me out and it has put a weight on my shoulders to see other women with these very rigorous cleaning habits and these gadgets and all the chemicals they have to clean everything with. And so maybe this just gives you another side of things that yes, you can have a clean and tidy home and you don't have to like have a 50 page list and an app 
notifying you to clean zone one or zone two. Right. You know, that might be helpful for you, but it ain't for me. So. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, just be, be intentional with uh, everything you do in your home because you want to be intentional because you need it to say something you need to communicate something and, um, you know, all to the glory of God. Right. And so uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, dress and keep. Bye.